The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Now. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. My name is Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Brett uh, Ciancia from Pick 6 Previews, the man who does it all. Uh, this been labeled the, the hardest working man in college football. Brett, how are you? Yeah, Sammy, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the praise. Um, you know, after five months, pretty much nonstop working on the, on the preview book, I'm excited now to transition to, into talking season. A lot of podcasts and radio shows lined up here. Uh, it, I'm just excited to be talking football again, and uh, hopefully we get back onto the field soon. Yeah, that's everybody's hope, and, and things seem to be changing daily. Uh, but there, there seems to be a plan to get back on the field. But, Brett, you, you cover all 65 Power 5 teams plus Notre Dame, so 66 teams in, uh, in total. You do it yourself. What inspired you to, to make the magazine and um, just what, what got you into it? Yeah, so um, I've always been a college football diehard. I mean, Saturdays are like mini holidays. You know, you get all the food ready. You watch 13 hours of ball. But, um, yeah, I, I launched it in 2012, uh, Pick 6 Previews. Um, it was mainly just a Twitter uh, page. And then we did a – you know, I did an annual write-up. It was smaller than it is now. But uh, really Twitter was kind of the perfect medium uh, to get my stats and my information across. And, and you guys know college football fans are – are crazy. So they're sharing my stuff all over the place and really built up a following. Um, it's, it's been a passion of mine. Uh, but really last year I took it a step further and, and really locked in and said, Hey, I'm going to put together a full size book, uh, you know, 2000 words per team, all 66 power five teams with a ton of graphics and trends and the whole bit um, and put it out there for sale. So, it, you know, it, it got a, a pretty solid reception last year. I was um, invited to become a Heisman voter, which was, you know, the ultimate honor uh, made its way around the media circles. Uh, and then this year, 2020, I just launched uh, last Friday. So we're, uh, we're, you know, it's my second year doing it. Um, and then I guess what would dif differentiate my book from the other magazines on newsstands uh, would be, well, first, the accuracy, uh, prediction accuracy. We've been graded number one um, when you compare all the magazines, all the online publications by Stassen.com, who's been grading these for decades. Um, you know, my first seven years, most accurate Power 5 and BCS. So the accuracy, but really, um, the writing, I, you know, a couple different angles I try and take. I like getting a lot of coaching scheme stuff in there because I find it fascinating how in college football, um, well, in the NFL, it's, it's just 32 programs and organizations. They're kind of the same besides their helmet logos. But in college football, there's so many different offenses and defenses and, and recruiting strategies and branding strategies. It's, you know, and home field advantages. So um, I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff. I think that pops off the page, getting coaching scheme stuff in there, program history, program trends. Um, I have my uh, offensive and defensive coordinator trends. So, you know, I think I try and strike a balance between the analytics, the numbers, but then also the story and what's happening in each program. Uh, yeah. It, it, um, it, for all those who don't know, I, I bought Brett's magazine or uh, we'll call it a magazine, even though it's a digital magazine uh, for my team over at Hoosier Huddle. And, and I bought it last year and it was, it, it's, it's not as technical a read as, as everybody would think 
based on the analytics. It's a, a fun read. It's, you know, a lot of the magazines do a lot, you know, a lot of words on the bigger teams and, and Brett puts a lot of thought and, um, and time and effort into every single team. And, and as an Indiana podcast and an Indiana website, it's great to see um, people pay attention to, to the Hoosiers as well. So um, take it, let, let's get into the big 10. It's, I, I still think it's Ohio States until somebody knocks them off. Uh, but what, what's your, um, what's your prediction for the big 10 this season? Yeah, I think you hit it right there. It's still Ohio State's league. Um, there were some that thought that there'd be a, maybe a step back with Urban Meyer leaving, but, um, you know, it, it's still they – ha- they have a hold on the conference right now, especially with Michigan going through a coaching change and losing some skilled players. Um, I think that opens it up for Penn State to, to kind of keep in the second spot in the East Division. Um, out in the West Division, it's Wisconsin again. I mean, it's just the same – you know, you could take a, a copier and just, you know, carbon copy Wisconsin every year. It's the same kind of program. Uh, the power run game, the big offensive line, mostly walk-on guys if they beefed up, uh, and then just a, a you know a ton of playmakers on defense. So it's Wisconsin, Ohio State. I see a rematch coming. I know that's not the most exciting thing, um, but in terms of excitement for Indiana, I do see finally the first time in Pick Six previews history that I see Indiana breaking into that top four in the East. You know, historically it was obviously Ohio State, Penn State, and the Michigan schools kind of had a grip on the top four. I think Indiana is able to to surge into the pack here and, and actually pass Michigan State. Uh, yeah, Michigan State's going through a, a coaching change, and you know a lot of it's unknown. It's just D'Antonio's been there for over a decade, and the program was kind of dead in the water, at least offensively. And and now's the time. Indiana gets them at home, um, and they've been close the last couple of years. You know they. Uh, the Hoosiers knocked off the Spartans in 2016 in overtime. They probably should have won that game last year. I actually just rewatched that game uh, the other night, but that's a game that IU probably, you know, should have won if they if they played a, just a little bit better uh, and some of the plays went that their way. Um, you had uh, Stevie Scott and Wap Fillier and Tywin Mullen on your third team. Um, or your set, sorry, your second team, all Big Ten team. Uh, why did you put them there? Yeah, so I think Indiana. I mean, a lot of a lot of programs that lose a, a starting quarterback, um, another blue chip running back, um, and then a, a, a three year line starter. Um, usually, that'd be enough to sink an offense. But you know, it's testament to what Tom Allen's built here. Um, they're able to reload, and, and yeah, you, you see guys popping out of, out of nowhere. Wap Fillier really broke out over the last uh, the second half of the season there. Um, I remember a, a huge game Indiana had against Nebraska in terms of yardage. They were all putting up a ton of yards. Stevie Scott is just a consistent 1,000-yard back. I think it's been um, back-to-back in that regard. But when you look at the landscape of running backs in the Big Ten, I mean, he's right there uh, in that top five. So however that shakes out on these lists, um, that's good enough definitely for, a, for an all-Big Ten mention. Um, and then on defense, Taiwan Mullins, a guy as a freshman, really broke out. Um, and I, I love seeing freshmen – with huge breakout seasons, uh, you know, playing against guys that have been at their programs for two, three, four years, I, that really trends highly for me. I think you'll see a major step with his game in, uh, in the second year starting. Yeah, and Stevie Scott just missed back-to-back 1,000 yards. If he wasn't injured the last two games, he, he definitely would have gotten it. I think he finished with, with 845. But that running game, uh, according to your metrics, it, it wasn't very efficient, uh, but they do have talent there. Um, 
And so this offense, it's, it's a new, a new offensive coordinator, but it, you know, you put a lot of weight into uh, bringing in uh, new coaches, but Nick Sheridan has also been there. And I think that that helps with, with having everything have been canceled. I, what are your, what do you think the impact of bringing Nick Sheridan and moving him up to offense coordinator is going to be on for the offense? Yeah, I think that's an important thing. And, um, you know, this is definitely a, a unique off season. Um, I, I definitely relied a bit more on program continuity, coaching continuity, uh, and roster continuity this year, because you're losing out on those 15 spring practices. Um, and in some cases, some of this uh, summer conditioning and summer workouts are being limited. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the continuity. It, I know it's a new coordinator overall, but I mean to to bring a guy from within, um, you know, with a lot of returning starters and a lot of returning veterans, uh, I think they'll be fine with the transition. Um, and that's also on the, on defense too, where it, it's kind of like Indiana hit a home run making the coordinator switches last off season um, because they've already been through it, and and, uh, and you're starting to see the efficiencies here in a second full year. Um, speaking coordinator wise, um, so in the preparation for my book, I do a lot of calls with head coaches and coordinators across the country. I actually had the chance to talk with Tom Allen. Uh, great talk. Uh, one thing that really stood out was, um, and I didn't know this about his past uh, coaching down at Arkansas state and Ole Miss. He had coached under Dave Womack, who uh, is, is Kane's father, the current defensive coordinator. So he learned the system from his dad. It comes full circle. He brought Kane up to Bloomington with them. Uh, and after a year of kind of shadowing, he gave him the keys to the defense last year and, uh, and what you saw was an, a very improved unit and an improvement as a young team too, a young defense and uh, their top 10 in returning production in terms of, uh, you know, starters and, and roster guys. And statistically you see a massive jump when you're in the top 10 in one of those categories. So um, I think it all makes sense too. It's, it's roster continuity, scheme continuity. And I think Indiana can take another leap there. Yeah. And it, it, it seems at least being around, around, them for the bowl practices and then for the a couple of the spring practices uh that bowl loss is as awful and as in a as heart-wrenching it was um for IU you kind of got the sense that they they're coming back a little bit hungrier um and you just as offensively you just hope that Michael Penix could stay healthy because you've seen his You've seen his potential. He completed 20 straight passes against Michigan State. Um, you, you saw what he could do, you know, with his limited time. If he could stay healthy, he's, you know, he's could crack into that all Big Ten postseason teams and things like that. So, um, yeah, and then bringing uh, Kane Womack was uh, when they moved to the 10th the assistant, he was brought in as the linebacker coach. And I think. Tom Allen being a younger, a, a less experienced head coach, he's not that young, uh, bringing him in uh, and then handing over the defensive reins, it was, was a great plan. It kind of frees Tom Allen up to be the head coach. And if you hadn't seen it, he was one of the first, if not the first power five coach to speak out against racial injustices and, and things like that. So, you know his players are are behind him 100% of the way, and you haven't seen any of the, the IU players speak out against being mistreated by by Allen and his staff. Uh, the one thing I, I do want to ask: IU changed strength staffs, um, and the the current strength staff. This is the first time that they're 
getting to work in person with players. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you take that into account as, as Dave Ballou and his staff moved on to Alabama in late February and then all this stuff hit the fan? How is that going to impact um, Indiana and, and maybe other teams that are looking for strength coaches as well? Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't really factor it into my prediction logic. Um, it is, a, a, you know, an anecdote on the side um, because these strength coaches are very involved in the program. Uh, to those that aren't familiar, I mean, there are certain down periods and down cycles where the actual coaching staff can't be around the players, but they're able to work out and lift and be, you know, with the strength coach. So uh, they're a massive part of the program. Um, I think that if you're ever to make a change, maybe this is the year to do it because, I mean, you're not even able to be in person anyway. So. Uh, who knows? But I think that they they brought in a, a, a strength and conditioning coach from the pros, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, from the you know, New York Giants. He was the head yeah. strength and conditioning coach from the Giants. He's an IU guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was actually the strength coach when Dave Ballou played at IU, um, okay. and, and things like that. So yeah, so I mean, it, you can't really fault the other guys for taking the Bama gig. I mean, that's that's hard to turn down when Nick Saban comes knocking. But I think they replaced it with at least someone who's you know credentialed at the highest stage of football. So should be fine. Um, and this is an off season where you wouldn't have had, uh, you know, there, there's not much difference between having a stable, you know, the same strength coach year over year than a new one, because, you know, everyone's been sent home to quarantine for a while. So. With the uncertainty going into the season, how difficult was it to write these previews this year, uh, especially with no little to no spring practice um, yeah. evaluations to go on? Yeah, that's a good question. So what goes into my, my research and my book every year, it's, it's over a thousand hours of film study, of radio, uh, local radio, local podcasts, just like Hoosier Huddle. Because um, I really like to dig into the details. Um, so film study, oh, talking to coaches, talking to coordinators. But one thing, a major piece is the spring games. Um, you know, the, the final score of these games doesn't matter per se. But what I like to see is what the, how the new schemes are looking. I like to see the early enrollees on campus and suiting up. Uh, I like to see new starters, how starters have developed. So you get a, a little glimpse into how the offseason went in that two-hour segment. Um, so with all those gone, that, that was a major research tool for me gone. Uh, I had to l- rely more on, um, you know, the coach calls and just last year's game. So, you know, it is a tougher assignment this year without any any spring game or any spring practice. So uh, relied heavily more on the film from last year. Uh, and like I said at the top, relying a little bit more on roster continuity, who's returning the more, you know, starters and more veteran units, who's got the coaching stable, uh, the coaching continuity there. So, uh, you know, it definitely shifted this, the, the strategy a bit, but uh, did the best we could. Awesome. And how did you, how did you come up with your, your analytics? You know, you have, you know, um, your game grader is, is your big um, statistic. How did you just come up with, something that worked and made sense? Yeah, that's a good question. So a lot, of the, a lot of the numbers you see in my book are things that I've always tried to put into my prediction logic, but then always wanted to put a number onto it. Because I mean, so looking at game grader, for example, what that is to, to the listeners is um, it's a, a measure of statistical dominance. So uh, you want to look at scoring differential, yardage differential, uh, different per play metrics, how efficient a team is, because you know, beating Rutgers by 40 is a lot different than beating Ohio State by 40. Um, you know, winning a game by three is different than winning a game by 50. So with all these different, uh, you know, categories, I tried to get down to a, a statistical grade of, okay, so we can, we can adjust for opponent and adjust for margin of victory and all these different metrics 
to get down to one number. Uh, that way I can compare across divisions and across conferences because everyone's playing a different pool of opponents. But if you're able to scale all these things together, you get a good read on team. Uh, I also apply that to some of the, the against the spread stuff too, uh, Vegas-wise. So that, that's the game grader. Another one real quick, uh, I call it player development. And it's a buzzword that's used all over the place. Um, you know, hey, this coach really develops players. What does that really mean exactly? So I took an abstract uh, buzzword and tried to get numbers on it. And what I did, it might seem simple, but I just took the, the five-year average of recruiting. So the kind of talent, the raw talent that's coming onto campus compared to their output to the pros. Um, you know, because something's got to happen in those four years on campus to turn a high schooler into an NFLer. So um, comparing those two gets you your player development grade. Um, and then, you know, real quick, one more in there in the book is I have the 10-year coordinator trends, which you hit on, where you see, you know, the last 10 years, how each offensive coordinator is done in each school. Um, what I did there is uh, looking at their per play. So say Ohio State only allows three yards per play and Indiana goes and puts up five yards per play. That's a, that's a huge grade right there. And then you scale to how strong the opponent is. So, um, yeah, it's stuff like that where, you know, you always hear buzzwords and you think of things in your head, but you want to actually end up getting a number on it so you can talk about 66 programs clearly and have the numbers behind it. Awesome. It's great work. Uh, Brett, t- tell our listeners how, how they could go about getting your book. Yeah, thanks for the feedback and the praise and uh, for taking a look. Really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's at Pick6Previews is the Twitter. That, that's all spelled out. Um, and then Pick6Previews.com. And, and on there I have uh, some testimonials, uh, some sample pages, so that you can kind of see – I know it's a newer product, but you can kind of see the set of infographics and stats and, and level of detail in the text that you're going to get on every team. Uh, it's all 66 Power 5 teams. That includes Notre Dame and BYU. And then, uh, yeah, on the site, some testimonials. I just got a huge one in a couple days ago from uh, the Bear on College Game Day. If you know him, Chris Felica, uh, he calls it a must-read publication. So that, that was big stuff there. But, yeah, so give us a check out on pick6previews.com or on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Brett. Hopefully we have a season and we can see how successful your book was uh, this year. Fans, head over to pick6previews.com. Uh, to purchase the book, it is I, I purchased it for all seven of my other writers. It's a it's a fun, it's a quick read. Uh, there's if you're if you like the technical aspect of breaking down football, uh, Brett does a fantastic job. Again, thanks for joining us, Brett. Have a great weekend. Uh, have a stay safe and and hopefully we could have football in the fall. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I really appreciate you having me on and uh, and best of luck this year. Uh, with Indiana. Hope we get a season. All right. That does it for today's special edition of the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Thanks for joining us. And we'll be back with our Pac-12 preview next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 